stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, let me be clear once again. We're keeping all restrictions that are in place in place. Well, that was uh, Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole over the weekend uh, explaining his position on gun control, specifically the restrictions and the reclassifications that were brought in by the Liberal government last year. He's going to leave those in place. I guess on the one hand, it's a good way of diffusing the issue and trying to to remove it as, as a political club that the Liberals can use against him. But on the other hand, wasn't that the point of changing governments? If you don't like the policies of one party, vote for this other party and you'll get something different. And in this instance, why should conservatives apologize for opposing policies or or removing what they view to be bad policies? So that that I think makes this an, an interesting dilemma for Aaron O'Toole here. In order to implement any kind of policies, you got to win an election first. And I think they know, just like the liberals know... Uh, that, uh, you know, the appearance of being pro-assault weapon is not going to play well in the big cities. What is an assault weapon? What did the liberals actually do? Are we getting any kind of a meaningful debate? And anyway, we're joining us uh, to talk more about that is uh, someone who's uh, written a lot about this issue. Matt Gurney uh, is uh, our pal. He's a columnist of the National Post, also a contributor at TVO and The Line and elsewhere. Matt, uh, appreciate making some time for us here today. Welcome to the program. Oh, it's good to be here. I, I hope I will be able to partially explain this to your listeners, but this is really complicated stuff. And th- that's the problem, right? Like, yep. the Liberals have something on their side here. I, I've uh, filed a column for the Post, uh, Rob. It hasn't gone online yet. But what I what I know in the column, and it's where all of this starts, is that this is not actually a policy issue. This is a politics issue. And the Liberals have beaten the Conservatives on the politics of it. Well, and I think that's a good way to sum it up because, I mean, you know, Aaron O'Toole's flip-flop here is is a part of that. And I think he's almost conceding that that side of it. Why is this such a, an effective political tool for the liberals? You know what? Let me – I mean, the obvious answer is because gun control is an important issue and it's an emotional one. But I think there's a, another answer to it, and I think it's complicated. I don't know if I can fully explain it. But I realized years ago that gun control in Canada, probably because of sort of the spillover cultural uh, baggage from the United States, is a weird issue in Canadian public policy. And I was on a a different radio program uh, with very serious people. And uh, one of them who was, was, you know, representing a different uh, uh, political party, I I was there as a journalist, he was there as a political party, made some statements about our gun control laws that were just factually inaccurate. And when I uh, corrected them, and I wasn't rude about it, but I corrected him, he just said, I don't care about the details that obsess gun nuts like you. (laughs) And I just, I said to him, well, why wouldn't you care about the details of public policy? And they're actually, and he sort of blinked at that. Like he was like, "Oh, okay." Like he didn't see that response coming. This is one of those issues where you know our liberal party on a federal level loves to talk about evidence-based policy. They like to talk about following the evidence. They like to talk about their support for science. 
But this is an issue that has emotional political resonance in this country, and they have been very effective. And I don't say this as a criticism. I mean this very sincerely. The liberals have been very effective at playing on the emotions of Canada, of Canadians. And when you talk to people about this, which I do, you know, when when we set aside all of the policy arguments, what it really comes down to is that a lot of Canadians don't like guns and they want to live in a country with fewer guns. And you know what? That is a completely legitimate position for anyone to have. Like, I would never argue against that position. It makes perfect sense to me. I disagree with it, but it's a completely valid position. But there are certain people, Rob, for for whatever reason, they're not comfortable making a values-based argument. So they have to pretend it's an evidence-based argument. And when you scratch the surface of that and you really get down into the weeds, Hey, every once in a while, a wonderful thing happens. You actually convince someone um, on the merits of the argument based on the evidence. But what happens more often is you get to the point where they go, all right, whatever. I just don't want the guns. What? I don't care if they're lying. I don't care if it makes any sense. I don't care if it works. I just want the guns gone. And again, it's fair to have that view, man, but that's no way to run a policy debate. No, it's not. And I mean, that's how we end up with policy. Like, for example, the handgun ban, that's not a ban or the assault weapons ban. That's not a ban or the even the term assault weapons that uh, doesn't actually seem to have a definition. So that that's that disconnect, isn't it? Yeah. And here's the thing. I mean, the conservatives and the NDP in this country have generally had more coherent gun control plans. And I'm not saying I agree with one or one or the other, but I'm saying you can look at it and you can go, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like, you know, whatever you think about it, they're coming at it from a logical position, whereas for the liberals, for a couple of reasons, one of them is obviously the fact that the liberals, less so today, but more so before, was a party that was urban, suburban and rural. So they had to kind of balance different constituencies within their big tent. Other issues were the fact that, you know, they don't like to admit this, but even senior liberals, if you get them off the record, will admit that the gun control, the long gun registry was a fiasco and they don't want to go anywhere near that. So they were kind of, they were a bit gun shy, no pun intended, about guns for a while because of that. The liberals, though, are... You know, for the guys who are normally focused on the policy side of things, or at least they like to pretend they are, their gun control policies don't make sense. And if the more you know about this, and I know that most Canadians don't, Mm -hmm. this is not a policy issue that matters to most Canadians, right? There's only a few hundred gun fatalities in this country every year. And I know every life matters and each one's a tragedy, but in a country of 40 million people, Our gun deaths are rounding errors. They're not a huge issue. Mass shootings in this country are very, very rare. There are a lot of Canadians that are licensed to own guns, but it's still a a small percentage of the population. And the reason I bring this up, Rob, is just to say this is an issue that for 95% of the public is completely in the abstract. They have no personal skin in the game The issue is largely emotional, and it's influenced heavily by American uh, cultural overspill and cultural news. And the liberals, God bless them, they're very good at politics. This is an issue, no pun intended, that they have weaponized very effectively. 
Yeah, I think that I think that's very much true. Uh, let, let me ask what, what should be a straightforward question, and I think it, it illustrates the problem here, Matt. What, what is an assault weapon? Uh, well, you know what? Here you are setting me up to fail. There yes. is no coherent answer on that. Assault weapon is not a term uh, that has a recognized universal definition. Uh, different countries have defined it differently. Different experts would define it differently. What you can do, and I've noted this in some recent columns, is that you can in general terms say that an assault rifle is a rifle that fires medium-powered or or higher ammunition. So it's not small, little twenty-two caliber ammunition or something like that. It can fire in full automatic mode, which is you hold the trigger and it keeps firing until you run out of ammunition. And the ammunition is stored in a high-capacity magazine. And when that magazine is empty, you can drop it and replace it very, very quickly. That is a very general working definition. Assault weapons in Canadian law has no specific meaning. It is not a term we use in the law. Our law uses different terms and different uh, technical definitions. So when we talk about assault rifles or assault weapons or military-style weapons in Canadian political contexts, what we're talking about really is whatever the hell the speaker wants it to mean. Like, this is a classic example of the two sides really are talking past each other. Both conservatives and liberals can pick the definition they think works best for them. So back to the politics of it and, and the, the tough spot that Aaron O'Toole finds himself in, uh, in, in not wanting to get bogged down in this and realizing that, that being seen as flip-flopping or sharing the liberal position, you know, could alienate some conservatives. Uh, is, this, is this a wash for him or given the politics in, in some important parts of the country, big cities, is it politically smart for him to, to have done this 180? You know what, that's actually a fantastic question, and here I am going to give you a terrible answer. I don't know. And I'm actually trying to figure this out. So I've been talking to some uh, friends of mine, conservatives and liberals, insiders in the campaigns. I've been talking to some pollsters, guys who are watching this, and I'm not 100% committed to this answer yet because I'm still researching it. But let me tell you what I think. I actually don't think it matters that much. And the reason I don't think it matters that much is because, as I said, gun control is not a big issue for most Canadians. They have opinions on it, strong feelings, but it's probably way down the list of their priorities. If you are a Canadian voter who is passionately engaged with gun control as a policy issue, you probably already know who you're voting for. And I think that works, you know, if you're, if, if you're someone who wants more gun control, your, your vote is probably already locked in by the Liberals. If you're someone who thinks our gun control system is a whole t- ton of political theater, you're probably locked in already with the Conservatives. So in terms of moving votes, I don't think this issue matters very much. Mm-hmm. There is one way, though, that I think this matters as a campaign issue. It has given the Liberals a good couple of days. They had a terrible start to the campaign. They had a week, uh, three-week start. The Conservatives had a lot of momentum. The gun issue has put Aaron O'Toole on the defensive, and I think that has given the Liberals a bit of a breather. So I don't think it directly moves votes, but I think it has hurt the Conservative campaign momentum, and I think it has helped the Liberal campaign momentum. 
by the way, let me just get your thoughts, Matt. I mean, as we talk about emotion versus reason, or we talk about, uh, you know, things that play into the hands of the liberals, once again, we've got some on, on the angry fringe, let's put it that way, uh, who are very much, I think, crossing a line and expressing their displeasure of, of the liberals or Justin Trudeau or whatever. This time it's now rocks or gravel being thrown at Trudeau in, in the liberal bus that we saw yesterday. I don't know. What, what what should we read into this? Or or is this is this a worrying trend in Canadian politics? What do you make of this anger and, and hate that we're seeing? This is a complicated issue, Rob, because there's actually a couple of things going on here all at the same time, and they're overlapping each other in ways that are confusing. Um, but I think we have to be clear about three different things all happening at once here. First of all, there has been a global populist trend lately. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that to divert attention away from Canada, far from it. I'm just saying you have to understand that a lot of what we're seeing in this country is not unique to us. It is a global populist unrest. And we should be paying more attention to what's happening in other parts of the world because it's a vision of what will be happening here soon. The other issue, of course, is specifically the issue of a lot of right-wing anger in this country, mostly on the far right or the fringe right or the extreme right or whatever you want to call it. This is an issue that we have not paid enough attention to. This is an issue that the Conservative Party of Canada, I think, has belatedly become aware of the danger of. But for too long, uh, they were trying to be cute about this. You remember the Yellow Vest movement a couple of years ago? And Andrew Scheer went to one of their rallies, right? Aaron O'Toole would not go to a Yellow Vest rally today because I think they've clued in now, but they were slow. They didn't know what they were dealing with. The third issue, and this is where things get weird, is that we have a lot of anger in this country right now uh, among the 10 to 15 percent of the population that is virulently anti-vax or at least anti-vax mandate, anti-vax passport, things like that. And I think that anti-vax anger is blending a bit with the far-right anger, but I actually don't think they're the same things. And I think we are running a real danger right now of conflating two issues that are very similar. You've seen the polling on this. Anti-vax hesitancy is not a unique phenomena of the right wing in this country. It's higher there. The polls are higher on the right wing. But what do you expect? The big government skeptics feel weird about being told to do what the government says. Like, no kidding. We are seeing a surge right now in support for the People's Party on the far right that cannot be explained by a loss of conservative support. There just aren't enough conservative voters in this country to explain how a conservative party that's still in the low 30s can be pumping voters into the PPC. Vaccine Bernier right now with vaccine politics is pulling in conservatives, liberals, greens, NDPers. There is a far-right problem in this country. There's also an anti-vax problem in this country. They overlap, but they're not the same thing. And that is what we're seeing turn out uh, to throw rocks at the prime minister. That is a crime. It is dangerous. And we need to start arresting people. Yeah, well said. Well, we'll leave it there. Matt, always appreciate the conversation and the insight. And uh, thanks for making some time for us here. Anytime, bud. You take care. Take care. There you go. That's Matt Gurney, columnist at the National Post. And uh, watch for his piece uh, later on this afternoon here at nationalpost.com on the gun control debate. And I think he makes some very salient points on the politics of it all and just the disconnect when it comes to the actual policy side. And we'll talk more about the rock throwing and, and some of the issues uh, that Matt highlights about 
some of the the anger that's out there, some of the anger that's uh, manifesting in very unproductive ways. But on the question of of gun control, I got a text here. It says Aaron O'Toole's flip flop on his gun control uh, issue probably won't matter to most of the electorate, but it sure matters to his base. We lied to in the leadership campaign. And that's that's the dilemma for a conservative leader that in order to win the leadership. You got to speak a little differently. You're talking to a different audience. You got to campaign differently than when you're trying to win a general election. When you're trying to become the leader, you're trying to win over conservatives. When you're trying to be the prime minister, you're trying to win over everybody. But how much do you actually change as a person in, in that process? You know, the, the genuine leaders and politicians are who they are. And things might get tweaked here and there, but you don't see that kind of a reversal. So to, to me, it's disappointing. Look, I, I, I don't own any of these, these firearms. So whether or not uh, a Ruger Mini-14 or an AR-15 is restricted or prohibited or whatever, that makes no difference to me. And probably, you know, the vast majority of Canadians. But bad policy is bad policy. And I don't think we should let the government off the hook for bringing in a meaningless ban that isn't really a ban. And then, yeah, I think conservatives can rightly be disappointed in, in having a leader who says... We're not going to change that bad policy. We're just going to leave it. Now, he's opened the door to uh, reviewing it, et cetera, but it feels like a bit of a combo. Anyway, we'll have some more time for your phone calls. Plenty more still to get to. 403-974-8255. We're back after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.